Today we will speak about Bein HaMitzarim, or what's commonly known as the three weeks and the nine days. Okay, but first, uh, a little bit on the upcoming fast of Shivasa Betamuz. The uh, Mishnah in Tanit gives a number of reasons for the fast of Shivasa Betamuz. Okay, um, the first is, it's the, the, the Mishnah says it's the day that the Luchot HaBrit, the first Luchot, were broken. How do you know? Hmm? What? Exactly. Forty days after Zion Sivan is, is your Zion Tammuz. Okay. Secondly, the, the Mishnah says, Batla Karban Tamid. The Rambam explains that this happened in the in the Bayit Rishon. There was a point of time where the enemy surrounded the walls of Yerushalayim, and for a certain amount of time they would lower down um, a basket of, of money and. And, and, and give a, get, and, and, and be kind of like buy a carbon from, from, from the enemy around the walls. And at one point, the enemy just decided to put a pig in the basket instead. Um, at least that's what the measure says. In any case, it was the day when the carbon tonics was stopped, was stopped to be brought, which was a precursor to the ultimate Khurban Abayat. It was a carbono, the regular carbon stopped on that day. Uh, the third thing mentioned is that it's a day that the walls of the city of Yerushalayim were, bro- were broken. Okay, this happened in the Bayit Sheni. Okay, uh, Bayit Rishon, the Chomot Yerushalayim were broken. Yirmiyah and Yirmiyah and Nunbet, it says uh, that they were broken down on Tet Betamuz. Okay, so what Yud Zayim Betamuz was but the Bayit Rishon. The third thing the Mishnah says is that Afistromus Burned to Sefer Torah, right? Everybody heard of Afistromos, right? No. You're the only one in this room that didn't hear of who Afistromos is? I didn't hear you. Also, you never heard of Afistromos? Nobody else heard of Afistromos. Afistromos. Sounds a little bit like preposterous. Well, the truth of the matter is, nobody really knows who Afistromos is. He must have been, but but there's just we don't know who Apostromos is. Uh, Josephus mentions a story. Are you with me? Jo- Josephus mentions a story that happened 16 years before the um, the, the rebellion, meaning the, before the Churban Bayit Sheni, 16 years before that there was a a a noble named Stephanus who was traveling from Yerushalayim uh, to Beit Choron. Has anybody been to Beit Choron? It's not that far out of Yerushalayim. So if you go to Yerushalayim in the direction of, let's say, Lod, it's kind of on that road from Yerushalayim to, to, to Lod. In any case, he was robbed. He was highwayed. Someone came on the highway and just, just robbed him. And in, the, in those days, the Jews were the robbers. The, the Jews were the people that were robbing people also on, on the streets. In any case, he went and complained, um, and the local chayalim, or the local guy who was in charge of, of, of the chayalim, sent a bunch of chayalim to uh, gather Jews of the area of Beit Choron, because it happened near Beit Choron. And then one of the chayalim grabbed the Sefer Torah from, 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 I don't know, one of the homes, one of, one of the Beit Knesset, I'm not sure, and burnt it in the middle of the square. 
And this is a story is, is described by Josephus. And after that, what happened was there was an uprising, a mini uprising, like an intifada type of thing. This is 16 years before the Great Rebellion. And the, the governor, Camdus, at the time, in order to quiet the rebellion, went and hung or crucified the soldier that burned the Sefer Torah. So in other words, it was a known occurrence. It was something that happened that could have you know, sparked off a, a great rebellion that the Jews rebelled against. And, and because the story is in Josephus, and because the word Stephanus might sound a little bit like Apostromus, so, and because we don't know, we don't know who Apostromus is, because he doesn't match up to any other name that we know at all. So that might be the best bet of, of, of what it's talking about. And that would also explain, again, the common denominator of most of these things in Yudzayin Tammuz, is that they are precursors to the greater calamity that was going to happen. Okay, except maybe the Luchot Shnishbaru. And the fifth thing that's mentioned in the Mishnah is Hemidu Pesel Migdash. Um, according to Yushalmi, the Pashat is talking about Bait Shani. You know, during Bait Shani, there was an occurrence, occurrences that there were psalim, that there were idols that, uh, that were erected in, in the Migdash. And again, except for the Luchot Abrit, this is another precursor to the upcoming destru- destruction of the base of Migdash. And that's the significance of Yudzayin Tammuz. So it's interesting because Yudzayin Tammuz it's, it's a fast and it has it's related to the destruction of the base of Mikdash, but it's not Tishabov. Tishabov is to mourn the the absence of the base of Mikdash, right? And Yudzayin Tammuz is kind of like to mourn the build-up of the ultimate destruction of the base of Mikdash. Maybe to look at the causes, maybe to look around us, perhaps, and things that could be improved, etc. But that's the idea of, of Yudzayin Tammuz. Um, and what Chazal basically created was that it's not just one day that we commemorate, meaning Tisha B'Av, but it becomes a whole period that's commemorated of, of, of three weeks, building up to ultimately to Tisha B'Av. Questions? Yes? Two questions. Number one, you said the wall of the first temple was broken down on the Zionist Tammuz? Yes. So what does that mean? What do you mean, what does it mean? The wall, the no, of the of the second by Cheney, I said by Cheney. Oh. By Rishon, we know what didn't happen in Yudzayin Tammuz because in, in Yirmiya mentions it was in Tet Tammuz. Yushalayim, not the base of English. The outer walls of Yushalayim. Okay, okay. Now we get on to the Minhagim themselves from the period starting from Yudzayin Tammuz. Now, more or less, the rule of thumb is that. Svardim don't start from Yudzayin Tammuz. They start this first period from Rosh Chodesh Av. Any Svardim in the room? None. Oh, okay. Anyways, um, Ashkenazim started by Yudzayin Tammuz, and Svardim start more or less from Rosh Chodesh. And there are four categories I'm going to speak about. The first is um, um, weddings. The second is haircuts. The third is shechianu, and the fourth is hitting, striking. Isn't that always a Apparently not. In some instances, it seems it's, it's a mitzvah. Anyways, the first thing we talk about is is marriage. Okay, nosim nashim. The mitzvah, the, the minag is that you ain't lo nosim nashim during this period of time. 
Um, a person is allowed to make an eusin, or a type of engagement, as long as there's no su'uda. And so if you don't have, if you don't have a food, you don't, you don't make a su'uda out of it, then you're allowed to do just the act of eusin. Shema, you could then, what? Engagement in the count, or not? Engagement, not so much count anymore. No, Erison, we're talking about the king of Erison. A Lachayim? No. No, but it's, it's probably not an appropriate thing to do. Okay, any type of Sudat Mereut, any type of um, meal, a social, a social meal or a party, is, is something that a person should refrain from. Okay? Just a moment. However, Let's say a person is married, has a, has a wedding a day before Yud Zion. Let's say he's married, right, on Tet Zion, and his Sheva Brachos extends past Yud Zion. So someone asked Rav Luchamstein that question, and he said that you can. You're allowed to have Sheva Brachos, you're even allowed to have music, you're even allowed to dance um, on the Sheva Brachot that extend into past, past Yud Zion. Later on, I saw that, that Rav Vad Yosef Zatzal also passed the same thing in Yechavadat, Chelek Vav Simen Lamed Dalet. Okay, the Sheva Brachot kind of pushed off this, uh, this Minag of Avelot during that time. Furthermore, we don't listen to music during this period of time. Okay, and... Pardon me? Is that it's, it's under the same category of, of celebration, etc., but it is a thing on its own in that, that music had a special um, place in the Beis HaMikdash. And by refraining to listening to music, it's also key in remembering the Beis HaMikdash, as opposed to someone who's in Yud Bet Chodesh after a father and mother of Avelut. They also will refrain from listening to music, Midin Avelut, but here there's an added dimension of the fact that uh, the Beit HaMikdash, you know, in the Beit HaMikdash, music was a very central uh, aspect of it. Okay? Um, this is brought down, this sock of not listening to music, even recorded music, is, is brought down by Rav Yosef and Lechavadat. It's brought down by Rav Moshe Feinstein. If you're interested in Makoros, I'll tell you. Chavadat, Chelek Vav, Simon Lamedal, Igros Moshe, Orachayim, Part 1, Kuf Samach Vav. And there they discuss the fact that the Shulchan Aruch says a person shouldn't listen to music the entire year because of the Chorban Abayit. Okay, there's a simon that you could find after Hilchot Tish Abad in the Shulchan Aruch that speaks about doing things Zechel Chorban. Like whenever you set a table, there should always be a spot empty or leaving a Dalit al Dalit at, uh, opposite your entrance where you don't plaster and you don't, and you don't paint. These but are things that you do. That's Dalit al I'm sorry, you're right. Amal Amal Amal, corrected. Amal Amal, these are things you do to commemorate the destruction of the Mikdash. And one of the things that Shulchan Aruch mentions is that we don't listen to music at all, any day. Ramah says that their minig, minig and Ashkenaz, would be not to listen to music during a meal and not to listen to music when you wake up in the morning. That's because those are like a derach of sarim, of nobles, to listen to music. Now, I could see a person arguing and say, well, music for today is cheap because you don't need a live violinist to serenade you as you wake up in the morning like the good old days before we had recorded music. And I could see that argument. I understand there's a, there's a difference. But I, I say that the minute Yisrael is you don't listen to music. And there, there isn't any um, published post 
that said, oh, it's, it's different nowadays, and et cetera, et cetera, even though the Svara is a nice Svara. Another thing is, I don't think that it's, you know, I, I don't think there's a real need to shake off this minhag. L'hafach, I think it's something we should be reminded about uh, during, during the three weeks, so we don't listen to music. We should, we should remind ourselves of the Beit HaMikdash, we should remind ourselves that this is the period uh, of mourning and, and, and realization that we're without the Mikdash. Okay. Weddings, uh, um, I said the weddings are an exception. Is that applicable to the witnesses also or not? We don't make weddings during that period. No, as in, but throughout, as in people who don't live through that year do so for weddings. Does, do they apply that to other symbols also or not? I don't know. It's an interesting question. I don't know. So a cappella, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Because singing, meaning vocal singing, is generally not a problem. The question is, once it's recorded on a, on a recording device, does that make it different than music or not? I think there's room to be maker. Uh, during, during, during the period of, that I was in Yud Bet Chodesh, I was personally maker when it came to a cappella. Even though nowadays there's a cappella, like beatbox, that they try to imitate, you know, it almost sounds, they can make all kinds of sounds that it sounds like there's instruments playing. And then, then you really start to scratch your head and ask, you know, if it sounds like a trumpet or a drum or a violin, even though the person's doing it with his lips or whatever, so what's the difference? You know, if a person wants to be Mashmir, you're going to acapella, like, you know, you could be Mashmir, I think there's room to be Mako. Okay? Now, what are the Heterim when it comes to listening to music? Number one, it's mentioned uh, that if a person is practicing on, an, on a music instrument in order to improve his playing, that would be Mutter until Rosh Chodesh. Okay. Oh, and the second thing I, I, I forgot to, to mention, or I, I forgot later when Netanel asked it, Ravad Yosef feels that by a Suda mitzvah, like a Brit Mila, Pidyon Aben, even a Siyum Masechet and a Bar Mitzvah, that it would be mutter to play music, but he also writes that the Ashkenazim are not knowing like that. He quotes the El Yoraba, that Ashkenazim are not knowing to, uh, to be made by Suda mitzvah. Rav Aaron Lichtenstein Zatzal um, was matir to listen to music for functional purpose. Functional purpose, like as an example, you're driving late at night and you're falling asleep and you want to turn on some heavy metal very, very loud to jangle your nerves and keep you awake. That would be using music for functional purpose. Okay, let's say you are, I don't know, a slave rowing in a galley ship and you want to row together with everybody else in unison, that would also be uh, using music for functional purposes, or in a modern-day application of a similar type of thing, if you're in an exercise class and everybody wants to pop up and down at the same beat, so you could be using music, or doing CPR, right? You could be doing it, you doing, doing music, doing it to music, doing it to music would, would be functional and that would be okay. Um, yes, questions? Yes? You said even recorded music. Well, even in a previous book you said there is no distinction between live music and recorded music? I, I don't know if Paul's going to make a distinction between recorded and live music. Okay, so the even was just a... No, there's Rav Moshe and, and, and Rav Yosef deal with it directly at length, and they come to the conclusion that there, there's no distinction, and they say that even though the Shulchan Aruch says to the Yimachmer every, every day of the year, 
and the Ramah, you know, limits it to whatever. So we're not, no, we're not so machmir. We don't, the world does not know like to follow Shulchan We listen to music. But L'Fachot, during Svira and, and the three weeks, that you should refrain from listening to music. That's what they both say. And additionally, uh, you said you should refrain from gathering uh, any type of Suda Along those lines, with Shabbaton or inviting guests to your house, be considered a Shabbaton? No. The inviting guests, guests to your house wouldn't be considered Simchat Mariyot to Pashtod. It wouldn't be a problem. And Shabbaton? A Shabbaton is usually for, for, for educational purposes, you know. If it's just, I miss you, um, let's get together, perhaps it's not the best idea. But, then, but if there's an educational you know, purpose for it, it, it would be okay. Yes, Ben? Um, like you said, if you're practicing, playing instruments to practice, right, um, then it's fine. Up until Rosh Chodesh. Up until Rosh Chodesh, right. Um, if it's like, I don't know, I have to play guitar fairly all this year, it's fine. Playing it's both to kind of get better and to... That's okay. No, no, no. It's not, a, it's not a problem that you happen to also enjoy it. But if your motive is to improve Maybe your playing, if your motive is to improve your playing, it's okay that you enjoy it also. Even if it's not your job. Yes? Uh, two things. Number one, regarding the question, is Shabbos there Oh, oh, you mean the fact that it's on Shabbos? Yeah. Generally, it's less, yes. I mean, there isn't a dinner of on Shabbos, per se. Okay. Okay? Um, and secondly, um, regarding the question of Shabbos, um, there's a lot of Yes. Uh, eating out with your family, like in a restaurant, or no. Whatever, it's not, that's not a problem of, no, it's not a, pro- that's not a problem of Sukhat Mariyot, in restaurant. Even if it's your wife? If it's, if, if, I asked Rav Luchensin once, uh, and he said that he thinks that two or three couples eating together in a restaurant is not Sukhat Mariyot. You know, if it's, you know, ten, ten yeshiva guys, then maybe it's Sukhat Mariyot, and very expensive. <laughs> okay? The last thing I just want to add on or mention, the Rav Zatzal, and this is a, tied a little bit to what we spoke about when we spoke about Hilchot Sirah, the Rav felt that there are no minhagim that just pop up without some kind of a pattern and reason. Rabbeinu X, or someone could argue against the Rav and say, no, minhagim actually do just develop sometimes haphazardly and don't necessarily follow some kind of logic or a pattern, but the Rav felt it followed a pattern. And the pattern that he saw when it came to um, this period of the three weeks and the nine days and Tishabav was a pattern of Yud Beth Chodesh uh, being three weeks and the nine days being Lamed Yom, 30 days after uh, Nifter. And Shavuot Shachalbo, the actual week that that the Tishavah falls out in, to be like 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 the Shiva when it comes to mourning. Interesting idea, and he, by the way, passed the halacha based on it. You know, that was the one one of the reasons why he allowed shaving during during uh, Sira. Um, nonetheless, he you know that that's what he, that's what he felt. You could. Therefore, understand perhaps the minute of, of modern Orthodox Jews of refraining to go to movie to the movie theater during the three weeks, because public socializing is something that people don't do during Yud Bet Chodesh. Um, in the good old days, in the good old days of the theater, it was a social event. People you would, would put on tuxedos, 
and they would have martinis uh, and trim cocktails during, during the, the break and before and after and things like that. And it could be that it developed from that, but I'm telling you there is such a minhug of not going to the theater that extended to not going to movies, some even say not going to ballparks. Um, now, I'm not telling you that, that's, that you have to follow that. I'm telling you this, that if your father had that minhug, then the proper thing to do is to continue. If your father didn't have such a minhag, so I don't think you have to be machmir. Okay? Um, it's a, a famous story that someone once asked the Rav Zatzal, is it, movie, is it mutter to go to the movies during the three weeks? And the Rav said, first ask me if it's mutter to go to movies during the year. Maise Shahoya. That was it. That was his answer. That was his answer. Yes? That's because of move. That's because of music. But, right, but I don't think I don't think the background music that that you that you know the soundtrack in a, in a regular movie, not in a musical. I don't think that's something you have to refrain from during the three weeks. Not for music, like for, for like it's like it's like a public performance, like a public thing you're going to, like a public performance. Yeah, maybe. Okay, the second. Am I after the second thing? Yes. Yeah. The second category during the three weeks is uh, haircuts and shaving. Okay. And Rav Salavashik Zatzal, the Rav Zatzal, basically because he felt that this period of three weeks parallels Yud Bet Chodesh, and this, I mentioned this when we spoke about Sfira, he therefore felt that it would be mutter to shave in a situation of Achi Yigar Bo Chavero. Your mother, if your mother says you should shave, you he said more than that, more than just your mother or your, or your close friend. The Rav Zatzal felt... The Rav Zizal felt that it didn't, you didn't have to wait for a person to literally be upset at you and say you look like a slob, but once it's, it's known that in society to show up one day unshaven to work, um, it's something that's noticed, therefore he felt when it comes to shaving, Achiyagarba was every day. Wait, this only works in an office, can I say we just... Now, just, just a moment. Oh. I mentioned this, I want to, I re, I want to reiterate it. The Rav Lichamsin also stressed this. But the Rav was, was making or felt you should shave for three reasons. One, because of this din of Yad Shir Gabal because he believed it paralleled Yud Bet Chodesh. Two, because he felt that there, there wasn't a clear Mesorah to disallow Giluach shaving. It could just be against Tisporet, hair cutting and, and not shaving. And the third one is a person that represents Torah has to be very, very careful of his appearance because he represents Torah. And Rav Lichensi stressed that it was a combination of all three that led the Rav to, to tell people that they should be shaving during this period. Okay? There are other poskim that are matir shaving for Erev Shabbos, up until Rosh Chodesh. <coughs> Rav Lichensi, after a number of years living in Israel, had a conversation with Rosh Hashanah and Orbat Zatzal, who said that you should not shave at all during your three weeks, even Lechavot Shabbos. Okay? Um, and that's what Rabbi Lechensin did. You know, it's from the time he spoke to Rabbi Shabbat Orbach, that's how he stopped being Noheg like uh, the Rav Zatzal. And, and basically, all three weeks, all three weeks of, uh, from Yud Zayn Tammuz until after Tisha B'av, he did not shave. 
He did, however, when somebody, a Baalbite asked about, about, you know, uh, Hefseid because of business, etc., etc., Rabbi Chansi would tell people, listen, you know, the Rav felt that you could shave and you could definitely be Samech on the Rav. The Mishabur himself feels that a person could be Mekel, but Makom Hefseid until Rosh Kodesh. The person feels that his business is going to be affected if he can't shave, he's allowed to shave until Rosh Kodesh according to the Mishabur. There's a machloket achronim as to fingernail cutting, where the Magen of Ram says it's mutter during the three weeks. The Taz says it's also just like tiklachat. If I remember correctly, there's a similar parallel machloket rishonim, whether it's Ipornaim, have the same din as as tisporet or whatever. The Mishabura feels that lechavet Shabbos you can be mekel. So if you're upon the Chavit Shabbos, you could be maker and, and cut your fingernails for the Chavit Shabbos. Who said also? Rina Ram said yes. Vitaz. Okay. Questions on hair cutting? Vitaz says you can. Vitaz says it's also. To cut your fingernails. Just like, just like his for it. Yes? Is that uh, idea of um, cutting nails apply anywhere else or you'd be able to cut your... No. Next, the, the Shulchan Aruch has a very interesting halacha, and he says that the, that the minig is not to say the shachianu from Yudayin Tamus. Okay, and then he says that yesh nogim lachmir, the yesh matirim. That's what the Shulchan Aruch says. Um, the, I'm sorry, the yesh, yesh matirim atova meitiv. Now, specifically, shachianu to refrain from saying. And their matter is making the bracha tov meitiv. The difference between shachiyonu tov meitiv and shachiyonu is if something good happens to you or if you buy something significant like a new car. So if it's just for you, you'd make a shachiyonu in the car. If it's for your family, is, is enjoying it. So you make a bracha tov meitiv. Why would the shachiyonu differentiate between shachiyonu and tov meitiv? The issue, I would imagine, is shachiyonu v'kiyamanu v'giyamanu lazman hazeh. That you're thanking God for, for bringing you to such a happy day. And I guess the idea is that during the three weeks, there aren't happy days, and therefore you shouldn't be brave and make a bracha on the day. But hatov hametiv is not a problem. That is my theory. In any case, the Gra, the Vilna Gon, uh, said the Shulchanach has absolutely no makor for this. It's not mentioned anywhere. And he passed in against the Shulchanach, and he said it's completely mutter to make a Shechiyonu after Yudzayin Tammuz. And the Mishabura is matir on Shabbos. On Shabbos itself, you can make a Shechianu until Rosh Chodesh. In other words, the Shabbos that falls out on, Jewish, uh, on, on, on after Rosh Chodesh, the Mishabura says even then you shouldn't make a Shechianu. So that's fascinating. It's an interesting din. The Mishabura. Now, another interesting thing the Mogin of Ram says, that since you're not allowed to make a Shechianu, and the Minug nowadays is to to make a shechiyonu when you buy new clothes and etc etc. So you should ref, refrain from buying any new clothes during this period, lest you be chayev in making a shechiyonu. Okay, you got it on the buying itself, which is which is really ikra did, and that's that's when you make the bracha. In other words, you have the shulchan aruch coming with this chiddush of not making shechiyonu. And then you have the Magin of Ram coming up with a Chiddush on that Chiddush. Okay, if that be so, so then you shouldn't be buying clothes. The type of clothes that you would make a Shechianu. In other words, nowadays, to buy undershirts, or even shirts or, or pants, 
not a big deal for people anymore. To buy, let's say, a whole suit, that's a big deal. You know, people don't do it that often. You make a shechianu. But if it's the type of thing that you wouldn't normally make a shechianu, for sure you could buy it. It's not a din in the new clothes. It's a din in shrieking off the shechianu. Rav Lichensin Zatzal felt that you could, you could, um, what, you, what a person could do is buy something during that period of time, okay, and put it on on Shabbos. Because we're not knowing to make a bracha at the store. We usually make, make a bracha when you put it on. And if you just buy it and you don't put it on, so it will be muttered to buy. And you basically don't use it, and then the first time you use it, after Tisha B'Av, then you make your shech, you know. Okay? Yes? Basically, you commit buying and not using. Yes. Whatever the garment is. Yes. From Shavasa and Thomas until after Tisha B'Av. Okay, and, and, um, no, the minute nowadays is to say it the first time you wear it. Okay, last category. Yes. No, all things. Everybody holds his mutter. All other things that you wouldn't make a chef on. Everybody holds his mutter. Okay, the last category is sakana, danger. I'm not talking about that now. There is no restriction during the three weeks to during 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 the period of from Yuzayan until Rosh Chodesh. There's no restriction on wearing. Oh, we're about that. Right, we're talking about the just just things that have to do with the the, the first the first period. Okay. Another thing about the three weeks is Sakana. It's seen as a dangerous period of time, and you can see why Chazal might have seen it as a dangerous period of time, such that so many bad things happen to happen. Okay. Some people will say, well, that's superstitious, but, you know, I guess if real bad calamities happen to you over and over again during a certain period of time, you might not be so, you might not feel that so, you know, so superstitious. When I, when I tell you the, the shear on Tisha B'Av, I'll give you a long list of things in history that happened on Tisha B'Av, and it's pretty scary. Any, anyways, because it's a time of Sakana, the Shulchan Aruch says that it's a minhog not to strike your children or your students from Yud Zayin Tammuz on. You have to refrain from hitting your kids, if you have kids, or your Tamidim, if you have Tamidim, from Yud Zayin Tammuz on. There are some people that are machmir the whole year on this din, but the halacha, you're, supposed to only, you're only supposed to really refrain from Yud Zayin Till after Tishabov. Rabbi Yoshev was once quoted, Zatzal was once quoted to have said that if that be the case, we should, we should expand this being careful about Sakana and not just to take Tulim Stam for, for pleasure because maybe it's a Sakana. And maybe, maybe if, if your motive is purely, you know, um, purely leisure, maybe you shouldn't be, you know, doing things that might be a Sakana. I don't, personally, I don't think a person has to refrain from. Air, air travel, or any travel that he has a real purpose. As an example, let's say your mother really wants to see you. That would be a real purpose. And then I don't think the person has to refrain from air travel during that period of time. Well, the nine days. Also, I don't think a person has to refrain even during the nine days. Now, I'm sure there's some Indian about not traveling on Tishbal, is that cool or not? Probably because of Hesachadat. 
not because of the Sakana. Okay. Any questions? Adkan. Next week we'll talk about the next period.